Hello and welcome to Motorsport Now. My name is Jade Paveley and today's podcast is slightly different from normal. My guest is Hannah McKillop and we'll be talking to each other about our experiences in motorsport in an informal chat but kind of interviewing each other at the same time and just talking about our experiences in motorsport what it's like to be a woman in motorsport and our highlights of our career so far. So Hannah, would you like to introduce yourself first? Yeah, so I am Hannah McKillop. Um, I got married last year, so I'm now Hannah Davison. Um, but for motorsport purposes, I've decided to keep my maiden name. Um, just, I've always been a McKillop. My dad's a McKillop and he's involved in motorsport. So I decided that the name on the side of the car will continue to be McKillop. I started off navigating back in 2014, but I have always been involved in motorsport since basically I was two weeks old. Um, so it's, it's always been there, it's always been something I've wanted to go ahead and compete in. I'm really, really lucky to say that I work in motorsport, um, uh, along with a few other things I do, I work for the Forest Experience Rally School. So that is a great privilege in itself, along with all the other cool and fun stuff that I get to do. What a fantastic introduction. Thank you, Hannah. That's <laughs> Yeah, Hannah's super organised, so you juggle a few balls, don't you? So fair play. Well, as my introduction, which feels a bit strange because I don't think I've ever introduced myself on my podcast. But as you know, my name is Jade Paveley. So far in my career, I have been really privileged to drive for two manufacturers, Mazda and recently Jaguar. I started competing when I was 15. And recently in 2018, I won the King of Epin trophy. I also became the junior Welsh tarmac champion and I also won my class that year as well in class seven, which I think was the four wheel drive class. So I was super proud of that. And uh, yeah, I was competing right up until COVID hit. And I think we did one of the last events. So myself and Hannah both competed in a single venue rally. Uh, it was part of the motorsport news championship. It was just one round, yeah. it was one off round, wasn't it? At Anglesey back in March. And then a few weeks after that, that was it. All, yep. all, all over but um king of effing is, is a pretty good title to hold <laughs> it is yeah i didn't think i was going to get that trophy it was a bit of a surprise because i think i was so focused in trying to win the junior title everything else was just a, a good bonus so that was really nice especially because it's a a masculine title yeah <laughs> so that was really really cool that was really nice when they called up my name and uh, i got the trophy to show for it so that was really good Hannah, if you can just tell us about some of the um, events that you've done, because you've done some pretty big ones, especially your first one. Tell us about how it all started for you. Yeah, so um, I met my now husband in 2013. Um, and I had, as I say, I've always been involved um, through my dad. And then I always wanted to compete, but I was never brave enough to ask anyone to let me navigate for them. So, but eventually in, in 2014, my husband, now husband, convinced me that I could do it and it was a good idea to go for it. So my first event was in April 2014 and it was none other than the Circuit of Ireland. <laughs> so <laughs> Massive event, yeah. But you've got to be Irish, so it's good that it's your first one. Yeah, exactly. So it was a home event, which was really nice. I don't think I fully appreciated how big the task was that I was undertaking. I just sort of went for it and thought, oh, it'll be fine. I mean, how hard can it be? So yeah, it was really good. We didn't get very far in the rally, unfortunately. Um, but it was such an eye-opener, even getting as far as we did. On our way to the first stage, the intercom broke. That was 
challenging. <laughs> um, what did you do when the intercom? Did you just have to point and yeah, you just have to point and sort of get through the set. I mean, it was it was a problem in the wire, so it was intermittent. So I could hold it a little bit, and sometimes it would work, and sometimes it wouldn't. So that was a challenge. But I mean, even the start of it, like from being organised to go and do the event and keeping everyone within the team organised and doing recce, like you know, I'd been fortunate enough that I'd sat in plenty of cars doing recce with other people. So I knew bits of both, but really, I didn't know that much. I don't know how I got through the, <laughs> the first stage, to be quite honest. But um, but no, it was an eye-opener. It was really good, and I, I just absolutely loved it. So since then, I have done all sorts, really. I've sat with loads of different drivers and loads of different cars, um, <clears throat> both on gravel and tarmac. I still can't decide which I prefer. <laughs> it's a big, big question, which one is best, yeah yeah exactly and everyone asks what's your favorite and I'm like I don't know because when when I'm doing each one I love it more so it it changes changes on a, on a regular basis so yeah that that's how I started competing um but I got involved as I say through my dad my dad is a mechanic he has prepared Marty McCormick's RAC winning car three times um on the three times he's won and I'm just so incredibly proud of him much to my mother's disgust, I used to come home from ballet lessons in my little pink tutu and skip out to the garage and help dad out in the garage. Um, so that was my childhood, yeah. Like I remember revising for my GCSEs, sitting on a bucket seat on the garage floor. So yeah, it's all started from from there really and, and progressed. That must um, really help you though. You've got a good mechanical knowledge. So that's a really beneficial thing as a navigator or co-driver that you can hop out the car if there's a problem and have a look with the driver to try and sort something out. Because on event, you just have to seize the opportunity. If you can pull over and change wheel or have a quick look if there's a problem, you need to be able to do that. Yeah, that's it. It has been a great benefit. I mean, I would love to know more and, you know, always keen to learn more about the specific cars that I'm in, but it has been a benefit and, you know, it's, at times it's been invaluable because you can help the driver make decisions. You know, sometimes they like to, to hear a second opinion on what they think might be wrong and, and things like that. So yeah, it, it definitely has um, has helped um, undoubtedly. Um, what about you, Jade? How did it all start for you? I've been thinking about this to see and think about what was my very first memory. And I think it was when we were still living in Birmingham and my dad came back really late one night, me and my mum were watching Swan Princess on the TV and dad came back with this massive trophy and he'd just been competing in the Monte Carlo. And oh, it's cool. Andy Paul. Yeah, I know, it's really cool. Him and Andy Paul came to the door and they had this massive big gold trophy. And yeah, it was just kind of the normal thing because dad's always competed. He's He was a, a driver for Ford and you know he was a test driver for a number of... Uh, companies and he's always competed so for me it was quite normal just to have rallying around um the home just having you know rally cars in, in the barn where dad kept his rally car and him bringing drivers home because he worked for Sparco for a number of years so there used to be a number of drivers that used to come to the house just to collect stuff and have a chat with dad about the next contract with Sparco so we had like I don't know Matt Neal we had um Oliver Turvey come to the house um number of drivers really and, and mum actually delivered Lewis Hamilton one of his first race suits apparently so that? <laughs> yeah, she's always like oh I did this but it's just I think it's just one of those things that I just just grew up around it until he took me and my brother 
to a kart circuit and then that's when it started getting competitive but I've got two brothers um both younger than me um one's two and a half years one's eight years younger and they've both been quite into car stuff and then Matthew the older one of the two just started going a different way and wasn't really that interested and, and Max to be fair he's got his little car that he tunes and, and it's his pride and joy but he's not ever competed or shown too much interest in competing so I was the last child to <laughs> do it so one of us had to so but I, it was never really an expectation it was just one of those things that I felt it was going to happen and once you get started as you know it's so hard to stop most it's just yeah it's completely addictive so Hannah can you give us a bit of a timeline then from your first event at Circuit of Ireland to now what's been your highlights and what kind of events have you done yeah so after the big the big plunge into the, the Circuit of Ireland I didn't do any more events that year um, sadly in August 2014 um, my ex-boyfriend Timmy Cathcart sadly died in a, in a tragic accident on the Ulster rally um, I was due to compete in that rally we, we still spoke um, I seen him actually on the morning of the accident um, I waved to him I was on my way to scrutiny and I waved to him and I thought I'll see him later to catch up and I never did so that was incredibly sad and quite hard to get over but there was never a part of me that thought oh, I won't compete again I don't know why it probably should have put me off but it didn't and it was really really sad but throughout the winter my husband Josh he was competing and I think that helped me to get over because I was at events and I was around cars and you know that I didn't have a total break from it. In 2015 then I, I moved to um, a single mate championship with um, Bosleet and I also did a few events in a Vauxhall Nova on gravel like the Mal Malcolm Wilson, Rysdale stages, those sort of events. 2018 2017 as well I did a mixture really um, of gravel um, and tarmac with different drivers but mainly Ross Leach. In 2018 then I did my first international event so I went to Rally Van Warwick out in Belgium with Ross Brisby um, I got a phone call on maybe the Friday the week before the event saying Hannah are you available next week I know a guy who needs a navigator, he's got a really good car, it'll be, you know, they're lovely people, it'll be great fun. I couldn't decide whether to do it or not, it wasn't an immediate yes, but I did, I went for it and it was great, it was just brilliant. Um, I mean, the Brusbys are just the most lovely, lovely family and that car is just mega, it was just incredible. So yeah, I did a few events again with him in 2019, again with um, Ross as well. We did some of the Welsh gravel events um, and I did some tarmac events with Ross Brosby. At the end of 2019 I got the privilege of co-driving for my best friend Sarah, Sarah Dunn or Sarah Hunter as, she, as her maiden name is. Again that was a last minute thing that she, her dad had just bought this little green 205 and she was like can I do the Jim Clark and that because that's their home rally and, and now my home rally as well. I didn't know you did that, that's such a big event, that's, that was wicked. Yeah, it was brilliant. Um, I mean, Sarah used to do a lot of rallying back before she had kids and she was just ready to start again. And we had such a laugh. It was really, really good. We finished the event. Bunny, her dad said, you'll never finish. You'll never do it. Blah, blah, blah. And we proved him wrong. <laughs> it was brilliant. It was so much fun. It was in November. It was freezing cold and slippy and icy, but oh, it was just brilliant and definitely a highlight. I mean, I hope I'll get to navigate for her again on the Jim Clark, but We'll see what happens. 
And then right up to 2020, my last event was with you, Jade. It was great, wasn't it? It was a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a good laugh. But it, it's nice. Anglesey's close to me, so it's not a big trek or anything. It was a good event. Um, but I just, I hope you don't mind me coming back to it because it's quite a big thing. But it's obviously with motorsport, one of the big things is the dangers of the sport. And you've gone through something that all of us dread, and you know, not necessarily dread, but always are aware of motorsport is dangerous and deaths do happen. And it's super sad about your ex-partner. That's amazing that you just kind of got back into the seat and continued. Is there any point that you've had thinking actually maybe I shouldn't because of that happening? Have you? Um, I mean, probably at the time I did question it, but it was only ever for a fleeting moment. It never was a big decision. I think one of the things that helped was that, you know, the next month, Josh was out in Isle of Man competing. I had just started a new job. I had just moved to Scotland. You know, there was so much going on in my life at that time that, so, you know, sometimes it's good to be busy. It's good to take your mind off it. Um, and of course, you know, him and his family were in my thoughts every single day. And I, I kept good contact with his family and still do, not as often as I like, but I still do. Um, so yeah, I think I was just, I was still involved in motorsport, I was still at events every other weekend and I think that that really helped. I think if I hadn't have had that and there had have been say a two, three, four month break, going back to it would have been really hard. Um, so yeah, it was it was hard and I still think about it a lot, especially when I'm competing, you know, it's just, just goes with, with the territory but you know, he loved rallying just as much as the next person so he would never have wanted anyone to stop because of what happened to him. So yeah, we just keep going and um, yeah, I hope we never have to go through anything like that again. I'm so sorry that happened and it's really, really terrible. But one of the good things about motorsport now is getting safer and safer, which is a good thing, isn't it? And all the, the developments that have, that have happened um, right from karting up to Formula One, you can see the, the developments all the time. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So what about you, Dave? What's, what's your timeline? Yeah, you're very good with dates. I've noticed people are very, very good with dates. It kind of blurs into one apart from that standout year 2018 because it was just so mad. But um, so I was 15 when I did my first race. It was the same week as my birthday, actually. And my first cart had a jade chassis. It was just by coincidence, the chassis was called a jade chassis. So that was the team we gravitated towards. And I think I started with hiring a cart and then dad bought me a cart. So my first race was wet foggy and it was the best experience and i can still smell that smell of the two stroke oil and the, the dampness and the fog is it all comes back to me i absolutely love that first race it was in karting you you have um you have to start at the back and that first corner every time at little risington where i used to compete at quite a lot was always just mental and you just had to pick your way through and i remember doing that first race and i i got I got to the end, I got a higher position than I thought, and that just hooked me on. And then we kept going back to that circuit and then went to Shennington, Walter Mill, um, Kim Bolton, I think. And I moved from juniors to seniors quite quickly just because of my age, because I was 15. A lot of the kids that I was competing against had started when they were like five, six years old. And um, I had quite a lot of catching up to do so I had to really just go for it like there was no hesitation just went for it and then I got to 16 and at that time you could either stay in juniors for another year and move up to seniors so I was about 16 and a half when I moved up to gearbox carts 
and I competed in the British Championship pretty much straight away, which was a massive jump. And I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to anyone, but that gave me then the jump to then go to car racing very quickly. So I kind of springboarded between karting and cars. I was given the opportunity to drive Mazda and that was an incredible opportunity, like very, very lucky. Um, but I raced for them uh, in Brick Car and it was the Motorsport Europe te- uh, Mazda Motorsport Europe team. And the first race I did was the same week as my driving test, which was <laughs> insane. And also I was doing my A levels as well. So that was just again, crazy timing. Everything always happens at the same time. And then I did a few races for them for a couple of years. I then moved up to Wales and that's when I started rallying and I was 19 when I did my first rally. But oh yeah, sorry, at Silverstone when I raced for Mazda, I was the youngest person at the time to do a 24-hour race, um, which was quite cool. But then started rallying when I was 19 and I think I just felt like that was my home in motorsport. Although I do miss karting and actually um, me and my partner Ross went karting yesterday and I'm absolutely battered and bruised. <laughs> And I absolutely loved going back around Walter Mills. Absolutely amazing. But yeah, rallying started and I, I feel like I found the niche. It's been brilliant. And I started off by doing a couple of random single venue rallies. And then I started the Motorsport News Championship. I think it was 2015. And I did that with Sarah Edwards, actually. And we had such a good time. It's a massive learning experience but we just really enjoyed it and we got up to fifth overall I think until I did around uh, I think it was like January of 2016 and we were doing really well um, I think we had got from being seeded like 50th or something to 25th and uh, yeah unfortunately had a little crash in the in the super impressor so that had to stop but more on that later it took quite a while for the car just to get rebuilt again, which again I'll come to. Um, but my dad was very kind and lent me and Sarah his Evo 3 rally car. So whilst the Subaru was getting rebuilt, we borrowed his Evo 3. I don't think he actually breathed the whole of that day. I think he was just holding his breath and just hoping that we brought it back. But we did. And actually we were sixth, o- sixth overall and we won our class as well at the Envil stages, which was brilliant. But then... I got back into my Subaru in Pretza and then I did the Welsh Tarmac Championship in 2018 and that's where I got third overall and won the overall with the seniors and the juniors and then won the junior title which was brilliant and then 2019 or towards the end of 2018 2019 I drove uh, Jaguar's F-Type rally car at various demo events which was a really interesting insight to another manufacturer and how they did things. I drove a lot of journalists at Fenend, their facility there. So I got to meet a lot of different people from all over the world, which was great. Um, and then they invited me to drive for the Goodwood, which would have been the second time uh, driving up the hill, which was like my dream because I went to Goodwood when I was younger before I could drive. And I used to see all these drivers and I thought if I could do anything, things have gone over a bit, we can do some more testing and I can get used to the, you know, the new gearbox, the new diffs and uh, set it up how I need it. Yeah, definitely. And I think you touched on something really important there about motorsport where you get to meet people from all over the world, all of you know, all different backgrounds and it's just amazing. It's a privilege to meet that many people from that many different backgrounds and learn about them and, and their journey in the sport as well. 
Yeah, I think that's really important. And also you see things that you wouldn't normally see. We go to some really beautiful places when you're competing and, yeah. you know, you stay in lovely places. And yes, sometimes they're not so lovely, but um, it's all part of the adventure, isn't it? And yeah, you do you do meet some great people and it's quite um, a family, isn't it, motorsport? Yeah, definitely. No matter where you are, you know, in the country or the world, you know, you could always rely on, on someone to do with motorsport that could help you out, you know. It's... Um, it's quite special really in that way it is and this is a bit of a i don't know if it's a controversial question really anymore but i just want to know your thoughts um how do you find it being a girl in motorsport i get asked this question all the time so it'll be really interesting to know how you think about it um i don't really see it as being any different but maybe i've just been really really lucky in the people that i've been surrounded with that they don't see me as being any different as a co-driver as as say a male co-driver so perhaps I've just been really lucky that I've always been surrounded by really supportive people I think like anything in life if you want to find a problem you will but yeah I don't think I've ever seen I mean some th stupid things like I'm really really weak so like <laughs> lifting head open a big gravel tire <laughs> maybe isn't my forte but I'll give it a good go. Uh, you mean physically, right? What's <laughs> <Yeah>. we <laughs> got a team for, Hannah? You know, you've all got your, you got your stuff to do. You've got things to focus on. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, but I mean, when the adrenaline's going, you'll you'll lift it, and it's not a problem. <laughs> when you've got a puncture in the middle of a forest in Wales, but um, but yeah, I, I mean, yeah, of course, there's things that are different. I wish I could be more you know, sort of carefree and yes, I can 100% do this. I know exactly what I'm doing. A couple of years ago, I really struggled to be confident enough to, to feel as if I knew enough to to get on with the job. But I, now I feel really confident in what I'm doing and I've really tried to work on that in, in everything that I do, not not just the motorsport. Um, so yeah, I feel a lot better positioned. I'm better informed as well. I think as you get older, you just, you know, you pick up things and, I spent a lot of time with different teams last year um, and the year before out in Germany with Fred and Ashley Field, who my husband were co-driving for. And, you know, they're just great people and, they, you know, you learn so you pick up so much, even just being at events that you don't really realise. So, yeah, I feel really quite confident now and I know what I'm doing. I know everything inside. I don't know everything inside out, but I know what I need to know for, you know, for an event. And I try to just focus on that and not see being a woman in motorsport as a barrier and yeah there are differences but not really anything major what do you think Jill? yeah it's it's a difficult one it's it's been really good doing the podcast actually and having a talk with other girls in a non-racing environment because you know when you're trying to have a chat there's everything going on so it's been really nice uh, to just talk out the part and on the podcast and I spoke to Laura Tillett and she made a, a really interesting point she said I'm just a driver which I totally agree with and she said there's been quite a lot of talk about it so does that re-highlight you as a girl because in karting and to be honest I kind of forgot about this which is guilt in my behalf but being a girl on kart circuit that I remember myself being in positions where I thought hang on why do I keep getting punted here and I'm thinking, oh, hang on, maybe it's because I'm a girl. And I think Laura had to really establish herself and she was competing at a very high level. So she just wanted to blend in, get on and do her thing. And I completely understand and empathise with that. 
Um, and I think, yeah, it doesn't make a difference. You've got just as much equipment to be able to learn how to, you know, handle a car, do this. And it's confidence, I think, is a key thing for girls. And I think that's maybe possibly across the board. I mean, talking to my, my girlfriends who aren't into motorsport, like you said, sometimes you wouldn't go for things because you think you're not fully prepared. Whereas maybe our male counterparts would just pile in and just do it. So being confident in yourself is definitely a big thing, I would think. Um, yeah. But also on the flip side, I don't know if I told you about um, the parents. So uh, sorry, I should give some context. So I work in my family's Honda dealership um, and I've been in sales for the last five out of the eight years that I've been there. I've just moved to marketing department now. But when I was in sales, I think it was only last year, I sold a car to a couple and, you know, you just have general chat. And they had a daughter that was maybe four or five and they said, oh, she would love to be an engineer. But we told her that she can't because there's no girls in F1. And I was like, oh my God, that is terrible. And I think if if we kind of have to put out there, there is girls in sport, we just need to do it in the right way as, as anything, I suppose. So there's that balance of just getting on with it, which I think both of us do, but then also promoting ourselves properly. So other girls that aren't necessarily involved in motorsport or other people that are involved in motorsport can see there is a presence there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, at confident and normal question you. I think that's a great thing to, to keep in your mind when you're a bit unsure, just at confident, no question you. Um, <laughs> but yes, saying about, you know, putting out there that we're involved, I, when I was at an event last year in Austria, it was amazing and so inspiring because the top, I would say maybe six to 10 cars, they were all our five cars, and every single navigator was a female. And I was like, that's amazing that's so cool I want the UK to be like that and it was just it was really inspiring they were all so confident they were just yeah they just knew exactly what they were doing and um I mean it was a, a lady who who won the event um Anna Stein she, she's really really accomplished in what she does she's a fantastic navigator yeah that was really inspiring so I think the more not only we see it but the more the outside world sees it the more it'll it'll just not become a thing um and even if it is still a thing well if we're putting out a positive message that's great isn't it yeah for sure definitely and as just a competitor as a navigator what's been your biggest challenge have you had any days where it's been really tough like tell us about that um i haven't had any days where i've thought i don't want to do this i've had challenging events um and the the highlight in that in that category is the Malcolm Wilson Rally 2019. Oh no! With, with Ross Leach in a Fiesta R2. So we had a we had a great test before the rally. It was all fantastic with the amazing road trip up from Wales to Penrith for the rally, and everything was great. We've been through notes. The accommodation we were staying in was superb, and it was just all positive. We were like floating on cloud nine. <laughs> And we set off from the start line, and um, not far into the first stage, Ross um, decided it was time to roll the car. So that was brilliant. <laughs> well, if you're listening, I didn't decide to. <laughs> I should say that it was extremely slippy into a hairpin left, and um, yeah, we, we should have just hit a bank and got on with it, but unfortunately, the bank flipped us over. So as a little funny story as a side note to that 
the start line of the stage was on an uphill and I had dropped my and any navigators will know your your blue navigator's pencil is like the most sacred thing and dare anyone steal it because it's <laughs> your best tool. So um sitting on the start line and I had dropped it. I don't know how I did, but I dropped it and because we we're on a hill, it must have went below my seat and rolled behind me. But there was only like two cars in front of us, so I hadn't time to undo my belts and all the rest of it. I thought, oh, I'll get it at the end of the stage. When we rolled, we were hanging upside down, and I went, Ross, my pencil! It landed right in front of my face on the windscreen. It was brilliant, so that made my day. Um, so anyway, we got out of the car, had a look at it, and Ross went, I think I'll be okay. So we got it back on its wheels, and um, on we plodded. Uh, the windscreen was broken. Because the windscreen's broken, it was leaking like water into us from the top of the windscreen. So, yeah. Also, it was when's not was February, March. It was freezing cold, like absolutely freezing. Like, the ground was frozen. I think that's why it was so slippy. And um, we got to service, so we did another stage with the broken windscreen. So that was fine. Um, got to service and. The Motorsport UK scrutineer said you'll have to knock the windscreen out if you want to keep going because it was so cracked. So um, bless Mick Harris and Sean Ellis, they uh, had the windscreen out in a jiffy and they got us goggles and um, we were allowed to wear our coats because it was so cold. So we were <laughs> set, got out of service, set off to the rest of the station with these like, massive coats and our sunglasses on. It was like minus two outside. <laughs> So yeah, so that was an interesting rally. And I mean, on one of the road sections, with heelstones like I've never seen, like golf balls. And it got to the point where it was just hilarious. Like it wasn't even cold sorry. anymore. It was Hannah, hilarious. just because you're, sorry, Hannah's got the most amazing accent, but sometimes it blurs. And you said golf balls then, didn't you? Yeah, golf balls. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like the heels stones were massive like I've never ever seen people stones like it and I was like really of all days um but anyway we just laughed and we had such a good event it was just it was just so ridiculous that it was funny and we finished and I mean I still I, I mean I keep all my pace notes but those pace notes are in a special place in my house because they're just so battered so covered in mud like we were I mean by the end of the event we were just frozen covered in mud covered in everything but it was great it was such a laugh and we'll never ever forget it and we got spirit of the rally award um which was just lovely after such such a you know a, a roller coaster of a day so yeah that that's my my standout and I look back on it with with fond memories because fingers crossed it'll never happen again <laughs> yeah I think that's enough I think doing um you know stages without a windscreen that must have been hard and keeping yeah. on your pages and making sure they didn't yeah. turn I mean it would be fine in August I wouldn't mind but it was free then <laughs> you need to start competing abroad more that's what we need to do definitely definitely what about you what's your standout event or your, your highlights highlights um I've had a few, luckily I can say I've had a few. I've had my downs, as everyone does in motorsport, and I've had my ups. The worst event uh, was probably when I rolled my Subaru. That was a real shame. I remember going into this Armco and the car coming to a complete stop from 
like, I don't know, it was like 90 miles an hour to a complete stop. Obviously didn't aim to go into that, but it was completely my fault. It's what, if I can pass on any advice to anyone listening who's up and coming or just starting out, make sure you have a good breakfast. I had a rubbish breakfast that morning. I hadn't eaten properly. I was, my, my attention span had started to wander a little bit, which obviously is not a good thing. And I, I've learned an awful lot from that event. And um, it was getting towards the end of the day and it was that sun was starting to go down. We've been going particularly one way at a split um, all day. So obviously I was just my own fault completely. Um, but my co-driver Sarah said split right. And I was looking left and then she said, Jane, split right. And then I turned right. And dad said he saw the accident. He said, you just went into go-kart mode. You didn't break, you didn't lift. Because if you brake sometimes too much in the car, I don't know how it is now, but your engine can stall if you come to a complete dead stop. And I think I just turned and yeah, caught the oncoy, which is a real, real shame. Um, but yeah, I uh, ended up going on its side and we were stuck in the car and that was an absolute nightmare. But everything you've got to learn from. And that event, we both learnt how to maybe um, communicate with each other better. I learned that my diet was super important and I know it's simple and a lot of people talk about it, but it really is important um, to make sure that you've got your energy levels up and your focus up. So that was a big learning curve because we couldn't, you know, my car couldn't get done straight away to get rebuilt. You know, um, we hadn't you know, got the funds and customer cars have to come first. And uh, with the motorsport side of the company, of course, uh, I said, customers come first so that those cars had to get rebuilt or finished before mine could so there's a big gap really so that was probably the challenge most challenging thing that's happened um the highs is definitely like i said before driving at goodwood for jaguar that was just really fantastic and if i'm really going back doing that race at silverstone with mazda as well because it was dark it was foggy i was driving at three o'clock in the morning i pulled the short straw and drove one of the stints was between three and six in the morning and that was hard but I was really pleased that I got through that um I'm trying to think you do you can do so much sorry say again king of Eppen? yes king of Eppen definitely getting that trophy that was wicked and I think there's been times where you know I've not felt very confident or thought you know can I do this can I balance juggle you know you know family business stresses with competing should i be doing it but that day it was just great and i don't think i really appreciated that moment until i collect the trophy i hadn't really come down off that adrenaline like can i do this until i actually collected the trophy that was that was great and i just know it's just like the highlights of like going over jumps that you didn't think you could do and landing well afterwards and i think i'll ask you this but i think my favorite part of one of my favorite parts of competing is that queue before the start line and you can see the cars start to queue up and you kind of look and see what the other cars are doing when they first come off the start line and see if there's a corner you can see where they're braking and you're thinking right can i just break a little bit later what's the surface of the road doing and that time i don't know if you agree but in the car just before you start it's just a wonderful electric atmosphere where it's you're both focused you're wanting to go and that time is just for you so you kind of forget about you know, business worries, um, any other thing that has gone on that week, it's just you and the navigator, the car, ready to go. And I, I love that bit just before the start line and that, that heart attack you get just before yeah. you set off. What, what about, do you like that? Yeah, I mean, 
I love and I hate that bit. <laughs> <laughs> I totally know what you mean. <laughs> um, it's for me. It's always the first stage of the event. I don't know why. It's, it's probably an unhealthy routine, but it's a routine nonetheless. And I there's maybe two cars to go maximum, and if I am sitting or co-driving for Ross Leach because he's like my best friend and we know each other inside out like it, I'll turn to him and I'll, I'll tighten my belts as tight as I can go and I'll do like an extra wee tighten just just to be sure and I'll turn to him and I'll go why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you saying this you tell me this before and it's such a unique thing to say if it doesn't give you kind of perspective on what you're doing or is it just that last moment like oh my god we're doing this again yeah i don't know maybe it just snaps me into right hannah come on now this is really important you've got to get this right um but yeah i mean if i'm sitting with anyone else i'll, I'll never say it to them because they might think why is she sitting beside me um but I'll, I'll say it to myself um but yeah i always say that and then you know you count down three two one and you're gone and that thought never enters my mind for the rest of the day even on the worst days of rallying um it's just such a buzz you can't you, i think you can't do a rally without having a smile on your face for the majority of the day even when things are going wrong you know obviously there are really really bad lows in rallying but you always remember the highs um well i try to anyway so yeah that's my little uh, quirky routine <laughs> I was saying about um, superstitions and what people do, and I've touched it with other people that I've interviewed. And it's funny the little things that you do. And it's, I think someone did make a good point. You kind of have to get out of that routine so you can just jump in and go, I think. But I think just making sure you're comfortable and ready. And I think one of your strengths, Hannah, is definitely you're so prepared and ready. That must really help take some pressure off the event. You you know what you're doing. You're ready to go. And I think as a navigator, that's super important. Obviously, drivers have a different thing as well. But that must give you great reassurance. Yeah, it does. And I mean, like much as I curse him for it at the time, um, my husband Josh, he this sounds really pathetic. But the night before an event, he'll always give me like a little quiz on the event, <laughs> and he'll ask me things like what's the maximum permitted penalty-free lateness, where are the main time controls, all little things. I mean, Josh has been competing since he was 12 in all sorts of navigational events, both nationally and internationally. He is like a walking blue book, um, which is the, the Bible of, of motorsport and has all your rules and regulations. So yeah, I think it would be foolish of me not to learn from him and learn from his mistakes that, you know, in, in the past. Yeah, he'll always give me a little little quiz, and I do always um, do a little schedule to give to the team because I think if you give that information to them, they're not going to be asked. Well, they might still ask you, but all the answers are in one place, so they don't need to ask you twenty things on the morning of an event. Whenever you're trying to get yourself ready, set your watch, you know, you just go through all your things to keep yourself calm before you start. So I do always do that and that sort of came from when, you know, I, I would have been on events with my dad as a mechanic and, you know, there's nothing worse than turning up to somewhere at 10 o'clock at night and the mechanics, you know, you've arrived separately and the mechanics don't know where the hotel is and they're on the phone, they're lost and all. It's just unnecessary stress. So where you can 
you know, get rid of that stress and that worry. I do try my very best to do that. I mean, I am an organised person, so I may as well play to my strengths. Yeah, definitely. Yes, for sure. I think it's, I have come to events. I think there was one that stood out that in Honda, in North Wales, Honda, my family's business, we had, I think it was, we hadn't got as many people in the team. We're still growing. And I remember me and my mum driving down to Mid Wales to do Epping, actually. And we are so stressed about, oh, gosh, I was thinking about this and this and this and that. And oh, should I be doing this? I feel really bad about doing this rally. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have left. But at the same time, you do have to put all that behind you. And I think, again, just to refer back to that time in the car just before the start line, your head could be full of a million things before you get in, but you just empty that. You just dump it all out your head. And that time, you just have to just get on with it and uh, have an organised navigator like yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, having that team, I think it's really important to have a good relationship, isn't it, in the car, to have a good navigator-driver relationship. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a really... um... I don't know, it's a special relationship. You know, whenever you find someone that you know 110% is going to listen to every single note that comes out of your mouth and text it if it's foggy and they just commit to that pace note, it's just the most incredible feeling. And I think, you know, it's important to find your person as a driver. It's really, because it gives everyone confidence. You know, it just it settles everyone you know if you have that nice bond in the car that you know and it, it fades through to the team as well you know it, it goes through every every part of the event and I think it's really important and I, I also truly believe that you'll only maybe find if you're really lucky two or three people throughout your career that you get that exact match with and when you get it hold on to it don't let it go you know it, it's really special and it's incredible for both of you, not only for a driver, but also for a navigator when you know they're listening to every single word. And even silly things like they know your routine. So, yeah. you know, when I was sitting with um, with Ross, you know, I'll know he'll he want a drink after, straight after the stage and he'll want rid of his helmet as quick as he can get rid of it because it's just like he's too hot and he just needs out of it. So I'm, I'm ready for that. I'm still filling my time card and doing all my job, but you know, I'm sorting him out as well. And um, we always carry slightly naughty, but we always carry a bag of jelly babies. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing you do. I think people have definitely been done for the worst than that. <laughs> I didn't know it was jelly babies. That's funny. I'll make yeah, sure for you next again. For the diet, but I mean, if you end up in the middle of a forest somewhere, or you finish the event jelly babies that's what we always have you know if we, we finish the event that's what we have in the last room section back to the finish podium that's just our thing you know we just we just know each other and that's just and it's lovely when you get that with a driver and I'm sure there's hundreds of navigators that have that but I would just say when you find it hold on to it because you don't get it with every driver and every driver doesn't get it with every navigator yeah definitely and what's your ambitions now going forward obviously hopefully covid subsides and things go back relatively normal if they if they do or trying to start up again how well it will obviously get start up again but what's your plans once it does yeah so um i was really um lucky to be selected for the motorsport uk co-driver academy um for 2020 obviously that that hasn't when we had one one day at silverstone or two days sorry at silverstone just before COVID, um, 
and it was great you know they're a brilliant bunch that they've selected and we all got on really well and it was it was really really good and I picked up a lot of knowledge from that and I was really excited for the rest of the program but unfortunately it got cut short um, obviously because of everything that's been going on in the world um, but I've just had it confirmed that we will get to carry over to 2021 so I'm really excited for that um, and I can't wait to, to learn the rest of the things and I'm going to my I have two aims that I'd like to go for and my first one is I'd love to compete in an R5 car. That was my big goal for this year, but we'll just move it on a year. <laughs> um, and I would also love to do another international event, preferably. Like, I mean, I would absolutely love to do um, Ypres out in Belgium, but I'll not be fussy. An international event of any, any type would just be amazing. So I really enjoyed it out there. It's a different, different way of rallying, but it's great. I just loved it. Um, so yeah, that's my... My two things obviously have other little things and things that I want to work on and things that I want to try and improve in. But that's my two two big ambitions and I would say top of that list would probably be the R five car. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I've sat in a few when I've when there's been testing and stuff on it at the Forest Experience. But I think to compete would just be extra special and I'm gonna try my best to aim for that and I'm gonna really work to to make it happen. Yeah, the R5s, are, they're always in the class. With, well, not always. Sometimes my Subaru Impreza that I compete in is lumped in with the class of the R5s, which is really, really annoying. Cause however, on form I am that day, there's absolutely no way I'm going to beat one, unless they have a proper, proper off day. But um, yeah, I'd love to try an R5. That'd be great. I think if I had some aims, then I would love to compete in one of the rounds of the World Championship. Just a round, I want to do it. And um whether it's Wales Rally GB, that would be amazing because it's a local event. And mum and dad live down the road from the Great Hall, which is really handy. You just don't run around there to uh, try and learn what the stage would be. Um, and yeah, another foreign event would be really good. Actually, do you know, it would be really nice to go back to Ireland because my dad's family um, are Irish. So my nan was one of 15. She had 10 brothers and four sisters. And out of the... 10 brothers she had um they either went into horse racing motorcycle racing or rallying and um my dad kind of caught the bug from his his uncles and uh, his cousin Derek McGarity competes obviously still now he's got quite a name for himself um but it'd be nice to kind of go back there and do an event and take my nan with me because she's really um, a very inspiring woman and she she said to me after I rolled the Subaru she said well, Jade, you're not a, a proper rally driver until you roll your car. <laughs> so that's my terrible Irish accent. <laughs> so, yeah, so she gave me a, a confidence boost after that. But yeah, I definitely want to compete in Ireland or abroad, um, a World Rally Championship. And, and if I can, and if um, I do it properly, I'd love to inspire some others to get involved with motorsport. It's, it's not an easy path to take or an easy hobby because, of course, it's very expensive and it's, it's very um, emotive. And, it, you know, as we said, it gives you great highs and massive lows but it's I took my car to a school um last year I was doing a talk that evening and what it was for a school award the Conway Sports Awards awards and um I took my car to this primary school and there were some kids there that you know just loved it and they were really inspired by it and they loved getting involved and they didn't know that you could again be a girl working on a car and if I can just help boost 
some kids just to get involved in motorsport one way or another, that could be a great path with them, whether they drive, navigate, martial or, you know, work on cars. And that would be a really nice thing just to give something back. And I really enjoyed some of the charity work I've done as well. That was really nice. Um, so, yeah, a bit of, yes, there's more I want to do ambitions-wise, but also I'm very conscious I want to give something back. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Have you got any um, advice for any other navigators? Because you're, you're very wise, Hannah, especially after a glass of wine, but you are. <laughs> 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 but no, you, you come up with some really great stuff. Is there anything to any up-and-coming aspiring navigators? You'll have to cut here because I need to think for a minute. <laughs> I'll cut out a bit about the glass of wine as well. <laughs> Um, I must add one thing actually I must add before you say you said about Motorsport UK Academy I was in the old Motorsport Academy and uh, one of my achievements there was I did the plank test we did the fitness testing and it was me and Cameron Davis managed to last three minutes doing this plank and it was only us two out of all of the group it was really fun but anyway that's that's good going on a plank (laughs) see if we can do it now (laughs) Uh, yeah sorry tell us yeah what advice would you like to pass on to any aspiring navigators there's there's a lot because there's a lot of different you know areas that you, you can go from but I would say go for it I didn't go for it soon enough just you can do it and the rallying community are so friendly and you know no one will ever not help you just ask just ask for help and my second thing is surround yourself with good people. You know, talking to people, learning from them, learning from what they have done, even just hearing their stories and, you know, it's invaluable. I mean, I mentioned Ashley Field and John Williams that we were out in Germany with last year. Josh navigates, well, he's navigated for Fred, his son, and Ashley himself out in Germany. And, I mean, they just are the loveliest people and they're always willing to help and, just spending time with them and you know yeah we have good fun and a good laugh but they're you know taking it seriously and everything's you know Ashley's really into his routines and you know just learning little things like that and I think the more people that you surround yourself with good people positive people that are supportive towards you that's just you know you can learn more from them than you ever will from a book and go to events Get yourself out there, speak to people, stand on, you know, on start lines, look at what other people are doing, pick up their little techniques. I mean, there's not a rally that I go to that I don't pick up something that someone else has done and I think, oh, why did I not think of that? You know, little simple things that just make your life easy. And Josh always says that. Josh always says, just think about how to make your job simpler. And he's really good at finding little, not shortcuts, but just better ways of working um that's yeah it's nice that you've got a partner sorry to interrupt but it's nice that you've got a partner that supports you are you competitive with each other as well um yeah I suppose we are I mean we did um we've done a few events together now which is lovely I love competing on the same event that he's on we did um the tendering rally in Clacton in 2019 I think maybe 2018 or 19, I can't remember which, 2018, I think. Um, Josh and Fred, Fred were doing it in an Opel, R, Opel Adam R2, um, and myself and Ross were doing it in a Fiesta R2, so we were in the same class, and there was a bit of competition all day, and it, it was great, and we ended up finishing. Josh and Fred won the class, and we came second in class, and that was just brilliant, you know, it was just one of the best days of rallying. 
Um, so yeah, I suppose we are competitive. We definitely are. Um, Josh wins on the the knowledge of the blue book front, but I win on the organisational front. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I've seen you how organised you are. It's great. It's a, definitely a very a necessary skill for navigation. You're very very good, very organised. And what what would you say to, to drivers? Um, I think what you said actually about surrounding yourself with good people is really important. I think as a as an awkward teenager growing up and having motorsport, I definitely did not have a very supportive partner at the time in my teens. Um, and I'm really pleased that I cut loose of that relationship. But you always have your exes that you regret. But anyway, but yeah. Um, but now I've got you know good fam- you know good family, good friends support me, and you know having Ross as my partner has been fantastic. Really, just uh, having someone that believes in you is really really good. And making sure you've got you know positive but obviously honest advice as well like listen to the good stuff I think you will always get so much advice thrown at you throughout your most sport career and I've been in positions where like driving the masters there was other drivers that are older that maybe could have been a bit kinder but they're obviously trying to justify their own position and you know they were at a different point in their career and I was the young up-and-coming person supposedly at the time and I don't know maybe they didn't they weren't as encouraging as they could have been although I did have some great opportunities with Mazda there was a couple of people that maybe could have just like given me a bit of a helping hand so I had to really fight for myself there which is a good learning curve you know learning politics within the sport which inevitably there's always there always is but I learned to not listen to some things and then take from others where they you know they came from a good place and as you said watch and learn you can never stop learning and I think just drive as much as you can and one thing my dad says actually whether you're driving a road car and you're thinking about the corners and how you would use that as pace notes obviously driving very sensibly but you know just look at a corner thinking oh is that left two or left three or whatever and and cycling he said really helped him growing up because again it's different surfaces and even though it's obviously a two-wheeled bike yeah. it's different from a rally car of course but it all helps so everything you do think, can be contributing towards it yeah i think the thing with the surfaces is really interesting and i never thought about it when you're when you're when you're cycling is a great time to pick up on it but i always remember martin mccormick whenever he was doing the um french C2 Championship. Um, I was fortunate enough to go out in quite a few of the events with them because my, my dad again was a mechanic. And Marty was incredibly good at picking up on different surfaces and where they change and where they're shiny or, you know, yeah. I think it helps that he, he works with, you know, construction and stuff. And I think that all helps. But I think that's a really good thing to start looking at, even because you can do it. Every, in everyday life can't you you know you can look at the roads and look how they're changing and maybe assess the the, the grip that you think that might have yes you can't really do that in a road car but just start to think about those things and then they'll naturally flow into your recce and, and flow into your notes which is really good you know the more you can get in there about grip levels and all the rest of it great that's brilliant definitely even as I before I went karting yesterday it was so nice to go back to basics and it was just a corporate car, you know, around Walter Mill. And wow, that was just brilliant just to go back to that point and having someone else say something a bit different. And yes, there are two different types of sport racing and rallying, but I did take what I could from racing and put it across to, to rallying. 
Um, and it was nice just to go back to basics. I think you can always just revisit. And obviously, it's good for your fitness as well. I think it's a different type of fitness when you're competing. You know, you have to make sure that you're, you're ready to get in a car as well, not just mentally, but physically as well. And I think that's sometimes overlooked if you're not quite aware in motorsport, you do have to be very fit and ready. Um, and then that's one less thing you need to worry about when you're competing. You're physically fit. You're, you're there yeah. um, for sure. But is there anything else you want to add, Hannah? Because I think we've had a good chat and I'm sure there's plenty more we can talk about. But is there anything else you would like to add? Um, what's been keeping you seeing during COVID? I know you've been doing your podcast and that's been, that's been brilliant. I've loved listening to them all. But um, what, what else have you been up to? What's been, what's been keeping you going? Well, actually, I said about fitness, definitely fitness, because that just keeps me, you know, keeps me going. Um, and I feel like I'm working towards my next event. Then it's given me a goal, um, definitely. Um, karting where I could. Obviously, we went to the rally school as well last yeah. month. So that was great. Ross was very kind and let me be marked to escort just to have a little play in. It was nice just to have a non-pressure, just go out and enjoy and, and learn to drive on gravel because I've not really done that. Um, before yes I have been around Goodwood but that's a, a very unique beast I think so it was nice just to have a check about with the rear wheel drive escort that was really cool and again hope that'll help when I get back into my Subaru and I think during Covid it's been a time quite a lot of reflection I don't want to reflect too much I don't want to overthink things but it's been good just to think right what can I do next time and I think as soon as that first event as soon as I get that entry to the first event it'll be great just to get out and just go for it again and um i think when something's taken away from you you appreciate it more because you you miss it and i think that's it's quite important because before lockdown and each their own of course but life was just so mad wasn't it it was just rally 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 work 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 mixing next and next thing so having covid yes it has been really tough especially for businesses but it has given us time just to kind of recuperate and i think that's been invaluable and we probably won't get this time again and i've really enjoyed doing the podcast actually that's definitely kept me saying i've loved talking to people that's been really nice and rewarding and uh again hopefully just reaching out to a slightly different audience yeah definitely what about yourself um i it is lovely spending so, so much time with josh as cheesy as that sounds but it was really lovely and i as you say it's a time that we'll never get back i mean hopefully we don't go into another full lockdown um but yeah it was we you know we both went cycling quite a lot that there's fields and hills are, are just behind the house went up there quite a bit and yeah as you say a lot of time to just step back and think and just sort of not assess yourself but just take stock of what you've done and, and where you want to go um but yeah i definitely missed that adrenaline i i found myself a few nights watching them um, roller coaster videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> some form of adrenaline it worked for about five minutes i mean i'm, I'm still itching to get out in the car again but yeah. aren't we <laughs> once you do though to get that hit it's right like you just get such an addiction to the, to the adrenaline don't you and just the atmosphere and everything it's just so different from you know, anything else there must be other sports that you get this but most sports pretty unique isn't it it's, yeah yeah it's um, actually, it's just slightly different, but I've not really had any friends come to watch me when I've been competing. Just because I think obviously everyone's busy and got their own thing going on, but 
one race or another I've asked the girls to come watch and they couldn't or whatever so it's quite nice to have had the podcast because they've listened to a couple of the episodes and as non-motorsport people it's been nice for them just to understand a little bit more about the world of motorsport which is really cool I've liked that yeah that's cool I never thought on that that side of a podcast but yeah you're right um because unless you're immersed in it it is it's hard to describe to someone you know you can say that you sit in a car and navigate but that's not the full package like you know that's only the, the tip of the iceberg isn't it yeah for sure I just can't wait to get back out in Subaru though I literally cannot wait for the first event and just to get behind the wheel and just yeah get my confidence back I think because yeah those changes have been quite big for me um so it'd be nice just to get out there and uh we have definitely have to all come karting again. That'd be really good fun. Yeah, I really want to go karting. I haven't been um, for a couple of years now. Yeah, definitely. We'll have to get that arranged. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you very much, Hannah. I've really enjoyed chatting to you, as always. And uh, thanks for being a guest on the show. And uh, I'll try and get this out as quickly as possible. And thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's been lovely. And if anyone wants to comment on the podcast that we've been recording today, just get in touch um, at Jade Pavey Motorsport. What's your social media handle, handle Hannah? At HansMCK, so H-A-N-S-M-C-K. Um, and also if you want to follow the, the co-driver programme, it's um, at our Motorsport UK. And you'll find out what we're all up to. There's a load of different um, things going on over there. So yeah, have a, have a look over there and, and see what we're all up to. Fantastic. Thank you very much. And if you want to sponsor either me or Hannah, we would definitely like your funds our way. So let us know if you're interested. (laughs) Right. Thanks so much and take care. Just so you don't think that I was just randomly demanding money at the end of my podcast, what I was supposed to say was if you're interested in joining me on my motorsport journey and would like to form a partnership or a sponsorship, I would love to hear from you. Please get in touch on any of my social media channels at Jade Pavely Motorsport. Thank you as ever to the Motorsport Lounge and to the Forest Experience Rally School. Stay safe and have a great week.